Alrighty guys, this is Jim Collins coming to you once again with another episode of Journey to the Pit. Um, I know it's been a couple weeks since we've been on, um, so today is our first day in about three or four weeks. Uh, it's been a been a busy time uh, the last couple weeks. So uh, just to let y'all guys know, we got an awesome guest coming in like we do always. Uh, we got Don Lester uh, is coming in. Hey, what's going on, guys? Um, he'll, he'll be coming in in a second. As always, we're just uh, waiting uh, for Facebook um, to bring him in on the show. Um, again, it's been uh, it's been a pleasure doing these interviews. And um, just now, we can bring in our special guest. Um, but guys, I miss all of y'all. Miss doing the show. Um, Facebook looked like it's adding our special guest tonight, Don Lester. Uh, but before we get started, as we do always. Uh, the disclaimer is, is all the information discussed in this interview is for historical, educational, and entertainment purposes only. None of this information is intended for any illegal purposes, and all opinions are respective of the individuals. Uh, so we should be going live in a second as far as our guest. Uh, Facebook is uh, uh, adding him in. But as always, you know, every week we always have a little issue. But I think uh, I'm glad to see y'all guys. So I think everything should go good and well tonight. Um, we should be seeing Don coming on in in a minute. Um, it said that he was requested and he was being added. Uh, so uh, we'll see exactly uh, what's going on. But he should be in in a minute, guys. Um, it says that he is being added, but we should have another great show tonight. I miss y'all guys. Miss doing the show. Um, you know, I've been busy the last month. I haven't really been in a situation where I can do the show. Um, so I apologize about that. But again, we want to go ahead and get this thing back rolling. Hey, Don, how you doing? How you doing, Jim? <laughs> Uh-oh. Here we go. Get All right. Back. Well, listen, Don, um, I have already introduced you, but we'll do it again. But I want to say the disclaimer before we get started. Um, yes, sir. First, can you hear me loud and clear? Yes, sir, I can. Can okay. you hear me? Okay, yes, I can hear you. Uh, sound sounds good. Um, all right, so guys, I'll say my disclaimer one one more time, as I always do when our guest comes on to the show, um, that uh, all the information discussed in this interview is for um, historical, educational, entertainment purposes only. None of this information discussed in this interview is for any illegal purposes. Um, all opinions are respective of the individual. So... Um, Let's go ahead and get this show rolling. Mr. Don Lester, how you doing? And welcome to the show. Man, I'm doing great. Jim, I want to thank you for everything that you do for us. Uh, you have been such an inspiration to me personally. Uh, since I got to talk to you last year when you were in Atlanta, mm -hmm. uh, of course, we didn't get to get together like we wanted to, right, but it's right. good to get together with you on Facebook Live, man. That's right. That's right. Well, it's, it's a pleasure. And uh, hello, everybody out there. Um, and like I say, I know we haven't did the show in the last couple of weeks. Um, Don and I have been talking um, and uh, we were supposed to get it, get it done, I think like a week or two ago, but had some issues with connectivity. But we're here now. Uh, so, Don, let's go ahead and get started. You know, what I always like to do is kind of give the audience a, uh, a, a idea and some background information on first your name, what state you out of and how long you've been in GameFowl. Well, Jim, my name is Don Lester. Uh, I've been associated with Game Pass since I was eight years old, and I'm 53 now. Okay. okay. Um, it's just been a long time. There was about an eight-year period in there that I 
didn't participate in anything in the sport. My mother and father died with cancer, and I stayed at home with them while that happened. I had sort of a rough coming back period, went through a rough divorce, but uh, the last few years have been good. Mm-hmm. Um, when it was legal, it was really good. Right. It has been a, it's been a struggle sometimes since then, but I have been, I tried to count back. And since the age of eight, when I was eight years old, Alan Bryant, who worked for my father, took me to a couple of cockfights with him. Okay. One in Harlem, Georgia, the other one's in Tacoa, and that place, I'm out of Georgia. Okay. Uh, we'd go to the old Woodside Pits and all Jay Pits, and what I would do is I would go to the dead piles and I'd get the roosters that wasn't hurt or, or that had got hurt and didn't fight back. For whatever reason, I'd get the live roosters and take them home with me. Right. A lot of those roosters, I probably had 20. I nursed five back to health, and at nine years old, went to Woodside Game Club and won a derby. At nine years old, huh? Nine years old. It was pure luck. It was pure luck. It was God or God granted or whatever you want to say. But everybody there was pulling for me. Right. It was. It was, it was several more years before I actually won one, and I earned it. But, but it was uh, <laughs> that that hooked me to say the least. I do want to add something to this because I am a man of faith, and uh, I want to I want to encourage y'all. A lot of times we're discouraged against as breeders and as, you know, as people that follow game foul in the Christian community, we should not be. But to give you a humorous story, I went to, I won $3,600 that day. Mm-hmm. That's pretty good for a nine-year-old kid. <laughs> well, I couldn't wait to get my $360, which is my tithe, to my local church. Right. Because we went to church all the time. My dad was a, was a Sunday school teacher. And I arrived at the church to do that. And and some between Sunday school and church, some old ladies got me outside because they had heard their kids talking about that I had been to the chicken fight and won this money because I was showing it off. <laughs> they told me, said that I was a sin, that I was wrong, that was the devil's money. I mean, you just were glad this little kid in tears. I'm nine years old. I'm in tears. Well, we had a visiting preacher that day. He was a preacher lemon out of the mountains of Georgia, Young Harris, Georgia, I believe. He come in and preached a message, and I want you to guess what he preached on. What did he preach on? Why, why Christians should be more like a Gamecock. Wow. I've never turned my back on the faith. Now, now, now I've turned my back on God. Right. But I've never doubted that it was okay for me to fight roasters since that time. Since I was then. glad to put my money in the plate, and I've always donated 10% of whatever I've won and sometimes more. Right. Uh, if you don't do that, your money's cursed, and that's written. So we believe that. But at, after that, I began to uh, – we was always big about fighting roosters around the house. I actually run a pit when I was 10 or 11 years old, somewhere around there. I had my own little pit, and people right. come every other weekend. And, and so it's, it's been an ongoing thing. In my community down in Oakport County, there was probably 20 of us that fought roosters. Okay. And so we had a good community. And we would just fight every other weekend. We didn't go to derbies. We fought among ourselves. Right. And uh, then some of us got to venturing out, going to derbies. And I was the second guy from that county to actually start winning on a regular basis at the big shows. Wow. It was, uh, so it got me going into that way. I went on to go to several cocker schools. Uh, but I learned the most. My mentor, who I learned the most from, well, two people. A uh, gentleman by, that went by the name Sleepy Hollow, which was Rick and Russell Stovall. They were brothers. Okay. They could do more with less than anybody ever saw. They won more big derbies, and they're only you go to their place, and they had eight boxes sitting on creek bank, 
tie cords in the creek and fly pins with no litter in. Wow. And they won more big shows than anybody I know. So, really so, so, Don, tell me that again. You said they had tie cords where? In the creek. They tie it where the roosters could walk in the water. Wow. So they had tie cords in the creek, and you yes, said sir. no litter in the fly pins. No, they would, they, and, and they impressed on me something, Jim, and I know you and I are going to talk a lot about conditioning. Right. And because that's where, even though I feel like I was a good breeder, uh, and I'll tell you really what hurt me, I was going very strong. As a matter of fact, at Woodside, Mr. Ain't, Mr. Miss Ain't Caught, dear people of God, and Mr. Ain't Run the Pit, just a story right quick from Mr. Ink. I remember the GBI raided us one time. That's okay. the Georgia Bureau of Investigation. They came in, Mr. Ink, he had to be 85 years old then, stood up on that cane, trembling. He took that cane, pointed it out in the audience, and he pointed at them GBI officers. He said, every rooster here belongs to me. All the spurs belong to me, and these people are my guests. And the police turned around and walked out and left. <laughs> that was wow. the end of the raid. We walked Derby right on. <laughs> so, wow. Uh, he was a powerful man. Uh, oh, it looks like we got Don. It looks like we kind of the the video was kind of pausing just a little bit. But go ahead, continue with the story. Okay, so so after he passed, uh, cop fight got it wasn't long. The cop fight was falling in Georgia. Okay, he was uh he was just a strong man and kept it out. But uh, it's uh actually the reason this video is messing up is because my notifications and I don't know how to turn them off. Oh, you see notifications. Uh, I'm technically irrelevant here. <laughs> <laughs> but I think I'm the only thing, yeah. <laughs> I think the only thing that you can do, and I don't know if you can do it now, but let's just keep it rolling because um okay. uh okay. if we if we put it in airplane airplane mode, it'll probably stop a lot of that. But I'm getting notifications too. But let's just keep it rolling, man. It, 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 right. it it's clear. I can hear you, so let's go ahead and keep it rolling. So about nine years old, tell me something. When what age were you? when you met your mentors? Well, it, there's been several along the way. Okay. You know what I mean? Several. Mr. Carlton would have to be one. You got to understand, man, I come up at the time, we fought with Wallace Landing. We fought with uh, 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 Colonel Gibbons. We fought with, uh, with uh, the, uh, all the big conquerors of that day. I mean, mm -hmm. Blondie Rollins, all the Billy Thompson, I lead Alabama. I'm talking about all the big boys. This before Carol Neesmith was prevalent. You know what I mean? I mean, this was some big guys back in the day. The big breeders that all kept game fowl to themselves. In fact, when I was coming up, the trick was getting good roosters. Okay. And I'm going to tell you something. I will say this right now. There are better roosters. You can get better roosters today on average than you could have ever got then. Right. Those big time to share their blood. You'd get some, but it wouldn't be with those five. Right. But there's not near as good feeders today. Now, say that one more time, Don. There are not as many good feeders today. You had a lot tougher feeders back then because didn't nobody use all the shots and pills and people just don't understand that that's a hit and miss game. Right. It's very few people that have the knowledge of a veterinary, and that's what you need to be able to do that game. And I have yet to figure out, Jim, I wish somebody explained to me why I, at 18 years old or 16 years old, would have needed a shot of testosterone. I promise you, I did not. Right, right. You know, and, and right. why are they going to give a cock at the point of, you know, in the prime of his the life? prime of his life. Testosterone. Right. Why? Right. Makes no sense. 
Oh, it looks oh. like yeah, you that was, that was just another notification. It's people sending me notifications about how to watch the video. I don't know, y'all. Hey, I don't what? know. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what? The sad part about it is they're not gonna get that message you just told them because they're not watching. But if they go to my page, if they click on the event, you know, go to my page, they'll be able to watch it. Good thing is, is the video will be up after we're done. So, okay. you know, uh, my friends list is maxed out. So there's a lot of people that 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 can watch, and sometimes they're not getting notifications and stuff like that. So ain't nothing we can do about that. But listen, Don, you made a very, very good point. Um, um, and I'm glad you brought that up. Like you say, you know, what makes someone give a bird testosterone back then, you know, back in the day at the prime of his life? That's right. And, and here's, let me tell you how I do it. Now, I believe, and you understand, I'm 100% natural feeder. Right. And I tell people that, and they think I'm crazy, but I'm telling them the truth. And I am speaking as if I'm doing it now for nostalgia purposes, but I'm speaking as if I'm doing it now. Right. Um, this is how I give a rooster shot testosterone. I put him in a scratch pen, and I take a hen, and I'll hold her down that pen for me. When he tops her, I'll snatch her out of money. Mm -hmm. And you watch how mad he gets. Mm -hmm. He's mad. You just think about that. <laughs> uh -uh. No, 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 no. That'll get your testosterone up. <laughs> and there's natural ways to give vitamin E, which I get. I feed oysters once a week. There's natural ways to give that. Okay. And that's and, and, and anything you can do to, I'm not saying there's not drugs and steroids and that kind of thing, but we're not, I'm not knowledgeable enough to know what each rooster needs. Now, man that's been fighting the same breed of chickens mm -hmm. for 20 or 30 years, mm -hmm. he knows exactly what to give, when to give it, and how they fight it. Mm -hmm. Now, he may have some success with it. But when you go to the pit and you see a guy and he fights two burners and he fights one that looks like, you're like, why did he even bring him? <laughs> I promise you, that's probably the problem. That rooster, and, and it don't matter about full brothers. I'm against full brothers start with. I know a lot of people are crazy about that. Give me six good ones. Right. I don't really worry about the full brother things because I've got some brothers. My, me and my brothers totally apart. Right. I love them, but we're a total opposite a lot right. of ways. And if you get a show of full brothers, if you got 12 full brothers, chances are you're going to have four. Even if it's a real good bloodline, you got three aces. Right. Three or four pretty good roasters. Right. And probably three that ain't no good. Right. You know, so right. so I would rather just spar through 50 and pick the 10 best ones and put them up. Got you. Got you. And, and you know, Don, that, that's a very good point. Just to back up a little bit what you just, what, what you just said, it makes a huge difference, and, and it's something I learned coming into the sport, you know, in Puerto Rico, is, you know, I had a yard full of what I call Skittles. You know, when you get into it, next thing you know, you go out here, you see a guy winning, you see some awesome, now you want that blood. Then the next week you go, you see a guy with that, and then you want that blood, and then your mind is, is working in that kind of thing, and before you know it, you wake up one day, and you got 16 different bloods <laughs> sitting in the yard, sitting in a yard, and, and, and you are a thousand percent correct. You cannot work every bird the same. Okay. You can't work every bird the same. Every bird is not going to react to the to, to the exercises or whatever methods that you're using. They're not even going to react the same way with feed. You know, you have some that you feed them, feed them a certain feed, they'll start bulking up. And then you have others, you got to feed them twice as much to keep keep a breast on them. So that had started to show me that, hey, listen, all of these birds from all these different bloodlines, it actually becomes a problem. 
because you're trying to figure it out on each one, but at the beginning, you don't know that. So you're trying to take this, you know, you buy these keeps, you read these keeps, you research these keeps back in the day, and you talk to different people, and they're telling you how to work the bird, but that ain't going to work for you. And if you got all these different bloodlines and all this kind of stuff in your yard, you know, you put this one in the scratch pen too long, he's bulking up and getting tight. The other one, you put him in the scratch pen, the same scratch pen, the next day or the same day, he losing breast. It's just all different kinds of things that a lot of guys don't understand why it's so important. Back in the day, those guys were so successful because they always use typically their own blood for a long sure. period of time or use a particular blood. If it wasn't theirs, a particular blood or particular cross for a long period of time. So they got to kind of realize it and, and, and know how that bird reacts to feeding, to exercise, to everything. And that's a very valid point that you made that a lot of people still to this day overlook. And, and Jim, i tell you something here. Now, I believe there's such things as master. Uh, you and I discussed earlier. Let me just back up. Today's world is so specific mm -hmm. oriented and so specialized oriented. If you don't have a guy that is a show enough good feeder, and I mean can feed anything. Right. Okay? I mean can feed anything. Right. If you ain't got a guy like that, and if you ain't got a guy that's just extra gifted in breeding. Right. He can put the right ones together. He raises good stuff. If you ain't got another guy that's good at taking care of them every day, right? He is just the best at it. If you ain't got them three guys, you 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 going uphill. Yeah. You know what I mean? If you meet a farm that's got them three guys, right? Your chances of winning ain't real good. <laughs> you can't do it, but 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 the odds is against you. You know right. what I'm saying? Right. It's uh um. What I, I and I, I hate to say pride because pride's a sin, but what I do enjoy is I enjoy number one, I enjoy watching this, watching a beginner, or watching some guy that's been struggling for years. But you see, he's got good roasting, mm -hmm. but they're too dry mm -hmm. when he fights. Everybody bets against him. For example, let me give you this example. Uh, after my mom and dad died, and I started being competitive again, I was actually living on a riverbank. Okay. I had done native man. I had a long ponytail and done about went Indian on everybody. <laughs> JC Casper come down the hill and I seen him coming and he said, Don, he said, I want you to start feeding roasters for me. I said, JC, it's been about seven or eight years since I fed a roaster. Mm -hmm. I said, This stuff's like NASCAR, man. Right. I said, The time has probably passed me by. Right. I said, Because I haven't kept up on the latest of everything and everything else. He said, Don, listen. He said, I've been fighting every weekend. He said, and I ain't won two fights straight. Wow. I ain't won two straight fights. And I said, you got to be joking me. I knew the boy had spent a lot of money for brood chickens back in the day. Mm -hmm. I said, well, i tell you what. I'll come over and see what you got. And he had a yard full of red 40 acres of British facilities. I said, he said, I want you to go to so-and-so and set up up there, up in a commonwealth that we know of. Mm -hmm. I did. And I think we won night. We got the money. We took those roosters, and he was he was a hundred to sixty or hundred to seventy dollars. He walked in the door. Everybody betted against him. A couple of my friends were professional gamblers, and I told them, I said, "I'm back in the sport, man. I'm, I'm back in. I got my head on straight. Now we're fishing rock and roll. It's me, being for. And I told him, "Oh no, don't do it. You can't win, man. Mm -hmm. Oh, I make a living betting against this guy. Mm -hmm. We won nineteen derbies that first year. So How many was that, Don? Won nineteen derbies that year." 
same roasters, the same broodsire. Now, and here's, and here's the difference, and this is one thing that his handler, and I'm going to say his whole name, but old Big Josh, a lot of people know him, and it made me feel good because Big Josh going there and they bet 170, 160 against him every time he walk in the door, and that's, that's not fun. And not winning anything to him going and them betting 170 on him for mm-hmm. the season was out, no matter who he met. And he said, he said, one thing I like about the way you beat, Don, he said, we don't have to outfight the other roasters. But we outcut him every time. Very few feeders. Look, I can if I can hit one shuffle to your four, mm-hmm. I'm a good enough feeder. If you let me hit that one shuffle, I'm probably got you. Gotcha. I'm okay. I'm okay. Very few feeders cut to the leathers. The reason is, is because they give testosterone, they give steroids, they build the roosters up, and the roosters are too stout. They big, stout, firm roosters. But you look at them when they bring them to the scales. They got their feet up under them. Mm-hmm. You see, as a man toting a roaster and his legs is dropped up like this, you mm-hmm. bet your house with him. He can't catch you. You want that rooster's legs hanging loose and just dangling. Mm-hmm. If his rooster's dangling, you got one going to catch you there. And it's, uh, and he'll catch you to the leathers. You don't have to hit a rooster too many times to the leathers, you win. Right. You know what I mean? That's it. You hit him in the body to the leathers, you'll win the body. That's so right. That's, uh, now, I had a good heel shot in the two because, uh, that year they come out with this old real devastating thing called a spur gauge. I don't know where they come up with this evil contraption. <laughs> uh-huh. but, but, but all my gas went through it. So I don't, <laughs> <laughs> but to borrow some gas, we didn't have a 60 pair. We had to borrow a pair that night. <laughs> <laughs> win when you win, brother. <laughs> well, tell me this, Don. Tell me this, that, that's a very great point. And, and, and it seems like, you know, back to like you saying, like a master feeder. And in and, 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 and my personal opinion, you know, that master feeder comes from, you know, a guy, I guess pretty much maybe like a master of anything else, that had an opportunity to work with a variety of birds and not just work with them, but learn them and perfect that particular blood or type. Not just working because there's a difference if a guy worked 16 different roosters, but never get any of them right. And then you got a guy over here that works 16, 16 roosters and get all of them right. Now, that's the guy that got the mask. Because you can give him the one, like I say, you feed him some rich food, he'll bulk up. Well, that master going to learn that. He going to know that in about two weeks. Like, oh, I know what I got right here. You know, and he going to automatically make adjustments. The other guy is going to take that thing almost to the finish line and then realize, oh, man, this thing is too bulky. Well, you know what, man? You're way too late on that. He's going to feed them all exactly the same way. That's exactly That's right. Just, look, this is what Buck Halls told me. Buck Halls was probably one of my greatest mentors as a conditioner. Buck Halls was a 80- or 90-year-old Cherokee Indian, and this is what he believed in, hard work, common sense. Now, I'm going to tell you all something. You got, you got people out there today that tell you just scratch your roosters and fight them, and that may work in the long night. Right. Okay? It ain't going long. But you make me in the spur and you scratch your roses and feed them, and I promise you, when we go back at that little squared circle, you're not going to like it very much. We are, I believe, fuck hogs, we work our roasters, and I'm going to be straight with y'all. And if I'm, I'm writing a book, and y'all can figure this out in the book. Mm-hmm. But for two weeks, I work roasters. Now, and I believe in cycling a roaster. Mm-hmm. Okay. If the Saturday before I spawn, the Saturday before I fight, okay, the Saturday before. I'm fighting on Saturday, the Saturday before I fight. If I spoil my roosters and you wouldn't have them, 
you say, man, them's ducks. I wouldn't have them chickens. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be in the money side. My roosters have cycled down, okay? Now, I can put him there. Right. But I can put him down only one way. I got to work him down. Gotta okay? work. I got to work him. I got to work that rooster Saturday evening after I spar him. If he spars good, I got to work that rooster until he can't get up off every table. Wow. My roast is already working at 160, 170 flies, okay? Okay. So you're going to work him down. They can't get up. It's going to take 500 flies. Okay. Probably. Wow. At least, at least 350. Okay. And it's, if you're going to work him down, I'm not working down until he's on the ground. He can't, he can't stand up. Right. Him down. Right. Massage and rest that roast all week. No more work. Massage and rest. Massage and rest. If he's game. There's not no cold blood in him. He'll recover quick, and he'll kill in the buckle the next day. He'll be excellent. And that's and I've said Buck Hall's taught me that it takes seven days to get a rooster sharp. Put him seven to days. the bottom. Put him to the bottom. Bring him up each day. And you'll be right. So tell me this, Don. That's 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 that that makes you know that that's kind of uh, what I would call say unconventional. Of, of of what you hear a lot of these, you know, a, a, a lot of, you know, the later part of the look, years. Look, a lot of people don't want to do that work, man. Look, that's hard work. Let me tell you something. When I was fighting roosters last, I fought two shows on Saturday, two shows Saturday night, two shows Sunday. I'm not fighting Sundays anymore. But if I fight two shows Saturday night, now understand this. We're talking about two shows. That's, I want to say, eight roosters to a show. So that's 16, 32. Another 16 is what? Anyway, I'd have 50 roasters at shape all the time. 48. That'd be 48. Every weekend. So if I'm fighting every weekend, mm-hmm. I've got up over 100 roasters all the time. All the time. You ain't got time for nothing else. Right. And if you're going to get up and work 100 roasters, uh, 100 flies a piece, right. you're going to have to be working, bub. You, I mean, you're going to have to do some in the morning, some in the evening, some in, at, at lunch. You right. know what I mean? I mean right. Uh, every rooster's got to be watched so closely because I measure, I weigh what I feed them. Mm-hmm. And then, and then after I'm in it about a week, and everybody's throwing their feed well. Right. Nobody's picky eating. Everybody's eating the cups and throwing them at you. Mm-hmm. Good deal. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna uh, weigh that feed, and then I'm gonna see how long it takes for that rooster to get in. I'm gonna tell you something most people won't take. It is important to have a rooster empty, especially in the spur. But I found in the short knife and the long knife. It's not that important. And some of those roosters fight much better with a little feed in them. Mm. Some roosters don't like to get slapped empty. Mm. You know what I'm talking about? Some people don't like that gut feeling pulled together. Mm. They don't like it. it. It bothers them. And personally, uh, and the old timers used to say this, the bloodier the heel, the colder the bird. That was their saying. I grew up with that. In other words, when we would grew up, it was mainly spur, and it was reds and grays. Right. You see a spangle every now and then. If you saw blue or black or white, all you had to do is withstand the storm. Okay. You were going to beat him in the draft. You know what I mean? All you had to do is just get over him first three pins, and you got it. Okay. Now, I understand that what's game now may not have been game then. Because I'm going to tell you something. I've been cut, stabbed, shot, run over, left for dead a few times. Mm-hmm. But I got cut. I didn't know it took five or something. But you let somebody hit me with a ice pick, you'll know it right then. That's right. That and that's and so and people said they want to about the knife, but if they go to fighting gaff derbies in the Philippines, mm-hmm. it'd be a lot of brew pins changing. <laughs> that could I mean, be right. <laughs> I mean, 
and and it's and 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 plus even the fighting themselves, even the, the different styles of fight themselves have got so specific, right? Because they're so specialized. For example, and here's a nugget that, that y'all need to learn. I really believe that there's number one, they are better feeders because there's people just pay attention to detail, right? But even more than that, are selecting the roosters to start with. Right. What roosters you gonna fight and what what? Used to, we all had gaff roasters. If they broke high, we fight them in the long knife. Hey, we're going to have a long knife, but we fight Gaff roosters drive their heels. Mm-hmm. And they pull them out, and they drive them again. Mm-hmm. They're in and out roasters, okay? Mm-hmm. So that's what we were fighting. In the short knife, we fought roosters that shuffled a lot. You know, that, but we didn't fight get specific roasters for this. Well, now... They have bred a stroke, and I'll tell you how I found out. The boy brought me a show of roasters that won the Niacock in Mississippi. And back in the day, won, right? Back in the day. Mm-hmm. And one, and, they, and they were excellent. And short night, those good roasters. Okay. I took them, tried to fight them in a the spur. I took Dale Earnhardt's NASCAR car and put them on dirt track. Right. <laughs> they were, and look, what they would do is they would eat a roaster up, but they would they wouldn't cut they wouldn't cutting but about an inch deep they was just snagging the roaster. But reason why is because as soon as they made contact, they pulled their legs, okay, mm-hmm. which is excellent in the knife, right? Not so good in the spur. Okay, so if you're breeding, if, if, if see now we've done got out of everybody going in and out, right? We're breeding roasters that's got this pulling motion. That's right. And then the long knife and short knife, that's what you want. That's right. But that's not going to win you much in the gap. Okay? So the days, now I had one, I had a show of full brothers, Johnny Morkelso's one time. Eight brothers, one, I won eight derbies with eight brothers, five gaff, two short knife, one long knife with the same short roasters in one season. I've never had roasters like that since then. Mm-hmm. They were exceptional roasters, okay? They were exceptional. I don't believe there's many chickens like that. I don't believe there's many chickens nowadays that you can fight in all three weapons. Right. Not not in a competitive situation. Right. You might do it in the backyard. Right. If you go with the big boys play, and you better have some stuff bred for that. Because if you continue, if, if you breed, if you've got a cock, there's one five fights from short and I haven't even been touched. You breed that cock, you're going to breed his daughters. Eventually, you're going to breed that stroke mm-hmm. that you're looking for. Okay, which is gonna put them in the winners in the short in the short night. Mm-hmm. Then you're gonna sell a show to somebody and they're gonna go fight them in the gap and they ain't gonna win a fight. Mm. And they're gonna say you sold them junk, but you didn't. Right. They just got them in the wrong weapon. So what you gotta look for is the roosters that do that. With long knife roosters, you want roosters that's active. Mm-hmm. Don't waste no motion. Yep. Stay on top. Yep. And don't get hit. Short knife roasters, sort of the same way. Too many people look for all this shuffling and shuffling and all this offense. Mm-hmm. You need to be looking for a defensive roaster. Because mm-hmm. a rooster cannot win in the knife unless he's got a little defensive. Mm-hmm. And I'll tell you why. You're going to take one of your Russian roasters, and I'm going to take one of them old Kelsos that Glenn Walton used to raise that sidestep you. Right. And you'll be over there while he walks up your back. Walks up your you know back. I mean? Yep. Because I've seen too many roosters fight like they got their eyes closed. They just, <laughs> but the rooster ain't that. You know what I mean? So what good's that? So it's uh, but but when you spar them, it looks great. Right. It's like you spar two of them together. That's right. But you spar them against something different. I always spar them against a different fight style. I like a rooster that don't get hit, and hits when it gets a chance. And with your short knife roosters, always select the roosters that turn the quickest. 
Whenever one flies over the other one and he hits the ground, mm -hmm. he hits the ground with both feet, throw him out. He's no good. If he hits the ground on one foot and he's turning, keep him. That's a good one. He won't get caught. He'll catch that other rooster before that other rooster turns around. Gotcha. Got gotcha. So, Don, say that, say that one more time. If you fight, if you pick him for short night and you spar roosters and one flies over the other, that does happen. Mm -hmm. If the other rooster hits the ground and he hits with both feet on the I got that out of the way. You spoil both, and he is with both feet on the ground. Don't just throw him out because he's hitting flat footed once he gets over the roaster. He's not turning fast enough. You can get away with that in the spur. You can't get away with that in the short night. Gotcha. You have got to turn. You have got to be able to have a roaster that turns quickly. And, and in the long knife, you've got to have one that's above and is accurate. You know what? Look, I ain't we're looking for a rooster to throw a thousand licks in a long knife. I need him to throw three show enough sharp accuracy. <laughs> we're gonna be biting a six inch blade. Let's get it in there. You know what I mean? And, and I'm gonna play that Filipino knife. Like, and listen, boys. When are we gonna learn that we cannot? How many of y'all know goes to Mexico, fights in a short knife, and uses a a, a, a socket knife? Nobody. Nobody. Right. The Mexicans have been doing this for years. Right. They know better than we do. Right. You will not whip them with your short knives. You may win a fight. You're not going to do too good. You're going to be another dog by see you got it on. Same way. You go look in the WSC in the Philippines, see how many of them won with a socket knife. Nobody. Nobody. I asked, I asked one of the uh, knife makers, they call them gas, but I asked one of the knife makers over there. He told me, he said, Mr. Lester, it's about the same when they fly in the air. When they hit the ground, our knife has you two to one. Yeah. And I've never, you know, we can tie a six-inch knife on them roasters. If I got a bit of my fight somewhere four inches, six inches, and I've never seen the roaster trip over. Never. You they, got they, that they right. They never trip. Right. So they, they've got it figured out. So that, that's, that's exactly idea. right. And that is some extremely great info. And that makes a, a lot of sense, like you say, because when you really sit back, and I'm pretty sure a lot of these guys are going to relook at this interview because those are some jewels. Because that makes so much, so much sense. And um, even with the characteristics, how you broke down the characteristics of the rooster, it makes a lot of sense. And if the guys have, you know, their their fathers or grandfathers or whatever have done it, I guess, you know, if they've had opportunity to sit down and talk with them, I'm pretty sure they would agree with exactly what you said on that. Because like you said, they're coming out flat-footed on the other end, and they're not turning. Man, if you haven't seen it, they, they better turn. It. Because if they, they don't, don't turn, you right, that other one going to walk straight up his back. You guys to be, if you miss, you better be ready to come back again instantly. It ain't no land, get yourself together, turn around like you're making a K-turn <laughs> with a car. You better have that thing. Drifting. You might get you might get away with it in the spur. You know what I mean? Because ain't one thing about the spur, and it's one of the reasons I love it so well. And by the way, that is my favorite one because that's what I was raised up doing, and I feel like a feeder plays a better part in. It. Okay. I feel like that we've got a much better part in the in that because we can come back an hour later. You know. Right. Uh, but that knife is just so unforgiving. Yes. But it's a, uh, but the but if. You can get away with that in a spur because you can make a mistake in the game and you can overcome it. Right. But if you make a mistake in the knife, you're not going to overcome That's going to be the last mistake. That's going to be the one that broke the camel's back. That, that, that's exactly right. And, you know, Don, that, that, that's, 
That's also, and, I, and what I want to talk about, because you made some very valid points, and I want to make sure that we get those points clear of how you were talking about the strokes uh, um, and the different styles of birds back in the day, how the gaff bird drove deep, you know, and the, and the knife bird drove, uh, it was like a hook. You know, it was like a whip, a whip type, a whip type motion. And you're exactly right. Both of them are extremely effective in their styles. And then on the flip side, like you said, if you flip it around and put them, they'll both be ineffective in that opposite style because of the way they stroke. Get that out there. Yeah, that'll not do no good. Oh, goddamn, man! You got me. I, I see you. Do you see me? Yeah. I, I lost you here somewhere. Click, I don't know how. But click, click, the you see me, click the camera. You see it? Where the camera at, man? I, oh, okay. I got you. I got you. There we go. Yes, look, right. man. Hey, look, I'm learning something. See, you're teaching all the time. You tricked, bro. Somebody else will uh, get you teachers a year. I run off 22 teachers in high school. So you do a good job. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Lord. You know, uh, Jim, I do want to take a moment to say this. There's one thing that I did different that uh, a lot of people may not realize, or anybody I've ever fed for realizes it. Not that my life has always figured out. I'm going to tell you, I'm just going to be honest with you. Uh, I've struggled with being me for a long time. Okay. It's um, not, my, my biggest enemy is man I see in the mirror every morning. If I can get that man right, that's when I don't have time to get nobody else straight. If I just take care of this man right here. Mm -hmm. Take care of sleep under my own porch. I'm, I'm, I'm doing good. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? That's what I need to do. Now, but I always, roosters kept me off drugs. Mm -hmm. They really did. Roosters kept me from drinking too much. Roosters kept me, and this is why. And I guess it's a character flowing away now that I'm getting older. But I loved them so much that I was afraid when I may be a drunk for the summer. And I may go to the river, and that was sort of my plan. I fight for the season, and I make enough money, and I just go party all summer. Right. That was my plan. Uh, God had a different one. But I loved him rooster so much that I couldn't be messed up in my head when I was speaking. Because mm -hmm. I was scared that I'd make one bad decision, and it would cost them their life. That's right. I could not. I could not bear that. Right. See what I'm saying? Right. Now, here's the thing. God taught me. Why did my children mean that much to me? Hmm. Hmm. Scared to fly with my own. So I'll try to straighten that out. But I will say this: feeding roosters made me a praying man because there's always a rooster you cannot figure out. Hmm. There's always one in this. There's always one that you just like. What is going on? Just check. And God, and I, and I'd get on my knees. I always had when I, when I have, when, when I build my work board, my work board is about four foot high, and it'd be four foot wide and six foot long, and I have it sort of enclosed, and I have scripture on the wall. God give me a certain scripture to put on there that I just put on there, so I got that to look at. I'm there all day, mm -hmm. and walk through rotator cuffs doing it. But <laughs> yeah, but so I get like to get that in my head because faith come by hearing, hearing by the word of God. So right. I'm just constantly got the word in. But there's a lot of times I've got on my knees at night. I said, okay, God, you made that hatch clear. Right. You know how it works. Right. You got to give me some ideas here. Right. I'm at a loss. This just can't win the way it is. Right. And I'm going to tell you, man, more times than not, God, that's my prayer. If God loves us, 
and he love and he don't mind his children having fun. You mm-hmm. understand? He does not mind us. He likes us. Now I ain't saying God's for this and winning and this and losing. I do know this. The Bible says that man may cast lot, God determines the outcome. There is no such thing as luck. So when we get to blaming things on luck, we just didn't do something right. Mm-hmm. We got roasted. Well, no bad luck. Mm-hmm. If my rooster laying flat on the ground and yours is standing up and he ain't got hurt, my rooster jumps up and hits your fine ear, guess what? He meant to kill him. That's right. That's right. He meant to kill him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Might not get hit him nowhere else, but he meant to kill that rooster when he hit him. That's right. So I don't consider that uh, bad luck or good luck. I consider that just a rooster doing what he's bred to do. Mm-hmm. But these roosters have taught me so much about myself about my relationship with my creator. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of times I would get frustrated with them and God say, yeah, and I'm frustrated with you for the same reason. Right. You know, I mean, he has taught me so much through these roosters. Right. And that's why it, it hurts my soul so much to see the United States just get caught up in all this animal rights agenda. You know, right. It really does. We'll right. talk about that on the show, like you said. But, uh, but still, it hurts. It hurts my soul to know that is big a drug problem as we have in this country. And we got kids playing video games. Mm-hmm. Why can't we have them outside taking care of children? That's right. They learn a lot more right out there. That's right. I had, I raised my two boys and they're 27 and 25. And they went to the rooster fights with me from the time they were four and five years old. Right. And they're not serial killers. The right. ones that have been arrested. When I grow up, I'm gonna be just like them. Right. They are good kids, you know what I mean? Right, right. I hear that. And, and they don't they don't fool roosters no more. And probably because Daddy was so strict on them. Because I had three or four roosters on cord, and this was their job. Their job was to make sure that I could drink out of every watering cup on that place. If I could not stop and take a swallow out of any watering cup on that place, they had to drink. Wow. And I made them a little time to. So maybe that's why they're not in it. <laughs> But I have clean water. And, and, and by the way, let me say this. For all you cockers who want to say, well, you know, it's been proven the scientific fact that that hot algae water has certain nutrients in it and it's good. Okay, you drink it. You drink it. If it's so good, you get your swallow up. I ain't seen nobody do it yet. Hey, that's good for you, Jackie. Take your swallow. You know, Don, you are exactly right. And let me tell you, it's funny that you say that. Because I had wrote an article, this was some years back, I had wrote an article about water, about the quality of water and how it affects and stuff like that. And I had posted an article, and one guy tried to debate me down. Now, listen, this is the thing. I'm not placed on this earth to convince nobody of nothing. Everybody can believe what they want to believe. I'm not here to convince nobody of anything. I speak my little piece. You can take it or leave it, ignore it, or do whatever you want to do. But I told him, he's like, oh, well, you know, this is how I do my water. It's no big deal. I know guys who raise roosters in mud puddles and go to a show and, and win this, this, and that. And you can find a story to support any argument that you want. You can find a story to support and justify serial killer. So you can find a story for anything. That's right. You know, you can and find a And you find a scientific study to back it up. <laughs> that's right. Exactly. And you're exactly right. And that's the reason why somehow food is so horrible now, because they got scientific studies that say, oh, you can eat all that sugar and all that. It ain't going to worry about you. And then 20 years later, you got diabetes. They ain't take that part. Right. So, but like you said, that's a very, very valid point. But this is my deal. I know with some 
And, and again, I'm not passing judgment on anybody because everybody got to do what works for their situation, period. Um, um, you know, so that's the way I look at it. So I'm definitely not passing judgment on anybody because I never have been in a place to take care of hundreds of roosters or thousands even. So I don't know what it, what it takes to run an operation like that. Um, and I'm pretty sure I have seen farms that had a lot of roosters and the water cups look like I wouldn't mind, I, you know, I wouldn't be afraid to drink out of them. But then right. I have seen guys who got 50 roosters and, and, right. and, and the water cups is a whole different avenue. Now, again, the, the farms that's here and the breeders here in the States, they got some phenomenal operations. It's just un unbelievable. Um, the care, how healthy the birds are, you know, from the housing to the ground that they're on and all of that. So I know without a doubt it can be done because there's people here with thousands of roosters and that place looks immaculate, period. And it ain't because they got a lot of money because a barrel is a barrel. A barrel at your house is like a barrel at my house. So they ain't, ain't right. the money thing because right. them farms are filled with just barrels. I'm talking about all the other stuff around the barrels, you know, the big putty water, you know, the old quarter, old empty containers inside the pens, you know, old soda bottles and trash and bricks and rocks and all that kind of stuff. That's right. That right there has nothing to do with money. That is all blood, sweat, and tears, period, point blank. And I it's think up. clean water is the cheapest thing that you can give them. Anybody <laughs> should be able to give them clean water. That don't cost no, that ain't, that ain't a cost factor. And Jim, I'll tell you something else. This is what Buck Hall's always told me. And, and I love that old man. And he was a good Christian guy, too, and had some influence on me there. He told he struggled with his own demons, as we all do. But he told me, he said, Don, he said, if you fail to water your rooster one day, and that man you meet watered his, and everything else is equal, he's supposed to win the fight. Yep. Yep. And so when I'm out there in this gym, and it's hot, and that water looks nasty, and I'm wanting to go inside, I said, no. You'll not beat me today. Wash that bad boy out. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> that, might win the that might get me a pack right there. That might get me a pack. I'm going to tell you, Jim, there's a, a couple, unless you've got something you want me to go into, no there's way. a couple of stories I'm just going to refer to you about roaster fighting that I think about and that maybe will help somebody. We all struggle. This is an age where, listen, life's hard. Mm -hmm. I mean, life is hard. Mm -hmm. uh, we all have issues. And, and that's what I loved about game fouls. I was able to just lose myself in them, regardless of what I was going through. I was able to do something excellent with them. And I think they're such a noble and mighty bird. And they've been such a good influence on my life. But I, I recall fighting a rooster back in the day. And this is back before I learned how to feed. And by the way, remind me to give you a story of my first keep. You'll love it. Okay. Uh, but uh, I, I, this rooster was a Kelso. And these Kelsos came from Glenn Walden up in Decoy, Georgia. If any of y'all know, Glenn is an exceptional man, exceptional roosters. And if I'm not mistaken, he got these from Walter Kelso himself. Dark red family with white legs, straight comb, gentle roosters, great. But if you sneezed, they got wet. They mm -hmm. absorb moisture more than any other chicken I've ever met in my life. Wow. So especially the pure ones. They would absorb moisture. You just say, you can't even drink a glass of water around them. <laughs> they soak it up. So it's, uh, but, but I didn't know that at the time. So I, I got these roosters to the Derby. And back then, it, it was very common for people to hack roosters. 
before the dirt, not so much, you know, in the latter times. But back then it was very common. But a lot of people would do like I did because when I was operating on limited income, I would always shape my shore roosters. And if it was a $500 inch feet derby, I'd hack my best one. Well, other people would be hacking one of theirs that make the show. But my best one can't book your worst one. And if I lose that, I need to go home anyway. <laughs> right, right. And I did a couple of times. But I, I made, then I plan on house money now. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. How much I made. That's right. But, uh, this particular day, I met a guy with a hatch cop. I had to kill, so my rooster's wet. Should just say. But, and he went on to win six straight with them hatches. Mm-hmm. He won the derby that day by himself. He was hacking this one. Those roosters met six foot in the air, and he coupled My legs, both legs sticking straight behind. That man with them three-inch gaffes, they spin them in me every bit. I can't do nothing but peck. That's all I do is peck. Right. Having flat on my breast, pecking, pecking, pecking. An hour and a half later, he's still putting three-inch gaps in, and I'm still pecking. Wow. But he's still putting spurs in. He has got so hot and so tired, he has fought himself out. Right. (laughs) Now he's standing on the long line. Mm -hmm. Well, I'm still pecking. Whenever he gets close to me, I'm pecking the toe. Mm -hmm. My rooster, I was just waiting to get to the short line. You know what I mean? Mm Mm-hmm. I handled Peter Dole roasting. He fitted all roasting, just fitted him on his chest like he'd been doing the whole fight. And that killed so, and he weighed 512. Put his bill in the ground and drug his 512 body all the way across that eight foot. And put that roaster's toe and won that fight. Wow. Dragging himself with that roaster. And then, when, and then after they'd done it, crow laying flat on his stomach. On my worst days, and we've all had them. We've all had days when we wonder, you know what? I wonder if, if my use here ain't, ain't done. You know what I'm talking about? We all had them. Right. My minute, we all had them. On my worst day, I think about that roaster. God puts that roaster in my mind. And I'll say, if I can just pay it one more time. Yeah. I just pay it one more time today. Mm-hmm. I just get to camp today. You know what I mean? Yeah. So maybe that helps somebody. I don't know. It helped me. What, well, you know, Don, let me tell you. I, I don't know if you seen, I had posted something the other day pretty much exactly saying what you're saying. You know, I just really truly believe. Yeah. I just believe that, you know, our teacher has been given to us, you know, and, 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 and I know maybe this might be going off a little topic or not, but just real quick, you know, just what you said is exactly what that post was talking about. Our teacher has already been given to us. These, these animals it's a reason that we're breeding game fowl and not parrots or breeding game right. fowl and not snakes. You know, it's a reason our teachers are here. If we live our lives just like we demand that these birds perform, we That's would right. be, listen, just even, I even said in my post, when that bird go in there, back in the day when that bird went in there, he didn't use anything for excuse. If you didn't clean his water, he still had the same intentions when he stepped in that square. Right. If you didn't get, if you missed feed on certain days, he still went into that square with the same attention. If you gave him poor feed and inconsistent feed, he still into that square and with the same intentions. If you didn't work him right and he was sore, he still went in that square with the same intention. The That's bottom right, line is this. Nine, I'm going to say nine out of ten times. A lot of time, if these birds, when he, you know, can talk, they, will have, they can have a whole bunch of excuses. 
of why they didn't win or why they didn't come out victorious. They can say, hey, well, you didn't clean the water, you know, 365 days a year. You know, remember that week you gave me bad feed or maybe you came home late from work and you didn't feed me at all. They can have a whole bunch of excuses, but they don't. They give it their all, and they don't care who's on the other side. They don't care what that wingman is, that leg man is, who That's the good. handler That's is, good. how much money the other guy got. Those birds go in there with one intention, and it's what they was gifted and created for, period. They have no excuses. They don't always come out victorious, but they don't have any excuses at all. What greater teacher can we ask for? That's all right. we got to right. do is, is all we have to do is mark ourselves and just replicate what they're already doing. It's the reason why we have these birds and don't have parrots. We're not breeding pigeons exactly and, right. and all these other things. And, and it's just, like you say, it gets a little frustrating also to me because, you know, we have already talked. And like I say, and I'm not trying to get off topic. I hope this doesn't ruin the interview. But, uh, you know, it, it, this fight that I'm in, I'm knee deep in it. I'm what, probably waist deep in it or up to my nose in it, whatever you want to call it. This is not a fight. <laughs> this fight is not for me. You know, I'm not no big breeder. I don't, you know, I didn't come. I'm not no second generation cocker. You know, my children have no interest in game foul. They like them, but they have no interest in game foul, being a game foul breeder. So everything that I'm doing ain't for my kids. They're for their, somebody else's kids. That's right. They ain't for my kids because I'm not fighting you know about you know, my kids. Nothing makes me happen, and this is why. And this is why I'm writing the book. That's why, and 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 I won't get into it much. But that's that's one of the reasons I wrote it is because I got to thinking, man, we've lost some legends lately. Yep. We've lost some legends, man. In the last ten years, we've lost some legends. Yep. And 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 unfortunately, there's not a lot of people to take their place. Right. Okay. And it's sort of like the old country song, who's going to fill their shoes? You right. Know? And I got to thinking, and, and the reason I got to thinking this, and I probably haven't shared this with you, but uh, I had some really un unfortunate news at a neurologist about three years ago. They gave me three years to live. Now, I got 19 staples and nine stitches. I mean, 19, nine staples and 19 stitches in my head now. Mm -hmm. Now, I'm fine. Get that out of here. I'm, uh, I'm, uh, can you see me? Yeah, I can see you. good? Yeah. I'm fine. I'm fine. I don't believe that reporter. And, and I'm going to tell you why. Because in my prayers, God told me, he said, you're going to believe the reporter, man. You're going to believe my report. Mm -hmm. I'm going to believe him. I believe I'm fine. But I wanted to make sure I got everything down in the book. Because these roosters have been good to me. And I want somebody to take that knowledge and go forward with it. You know what I mean? And build on it. Mm -hmm. I don't know it all. Let me tell you something. These roosters will make a liar out of you. You know what I'm saying? Yep, <laughs> that's right. That's right. That's right. <laughs> Look. Every year, now, and listen, I've won, by the way, I do believe my last recollection, I've been in the money 186 times in my lifetime. Wow. Now, in the money one way or another, and who knows how many money fights I've lost. I had one year where I lost 13 money fights in a row. So, and there's been some lean years, too. Now, understand, now, that's a 40-year period. That's right. That's not, you know, that averages yeah, yeah, out not right. so great. <laughs> I don't look so great, man. But, uh, I, I've been in the money uh, the last three years that I competed. I was in the money 41 times. So it was still good. You see what right. I'm saying? But now that's fighting a lot of roosters. Too, right. All right. right. Uh, if a man, and, and, I, and let me, I want to give everybody a, a little juggernaut of, of wisdom here of how to increase your win percentage 10% by doing one thing. If you've got some colleagues 
and y'all all raise your roosters. Take your stags before they start moting and get together and have a big stag hack. And don't bet over 20, make maximum bet $25. Right. So nobody conditioning stags and trying to win the bet. Nope. What are we doing it for? Testing our roasters. Right. And you, and you call them roasters that way. You take them stags home, you keep them over the summer, and you take good care of them. Mm-hmm. And when you turn them loose next year, you'll meet that cock on his score line. And a fresh cock won't whoop you. A fresh one won't whoop you, huh? The stag will know what he's doing. You, Every rooster fights a better second fight than he does the first fight, for the most part. That's he right. knows what he's doing. That's you know right. what I'm saying? That's right. And you go to put it. Look, and I've had them fight and be so good with six, seven fights. They just lay the leg out. You pull the steels out, and they just throw the leg out. At you. You <laughs> <laughs> Go to sleep. <laughs> I love them on roasters. Like it. But, it's, uh, but, but they do. Uh, I found that that increased my win percentage because you had roasters that had done been popping, knew what they were doing, and a fresh cop will think he's sparring. He'll think he's got spawn muffs on until something goes a little deeper and he goes, wait a minute. <laughs> so it's uh and especially in the short knife. If you fight the short knife, that's what you want. Matter of fact, let me tell you something. That short knife derby I won. I fought eight month old stags in the cops and won the derby. Why? Because stags are faster than cops. That's right. And in the short knife, you won't pass rushers. Right. Now I have to put up a bunch. If I'm gonna fight, if I'm gonna fight a five cop, if I'm gonna fight stags, because stags are so fickle. Right. And and they're just like kids learning. And these were exceptional eight month old roasters too. Right. I don't think you can just do it in eight month old roasters, but ten to twelve month old roasters, I think you can whip cops in a short time every day, all day. I really do. Okay. If you got good ones. Now, if uh uh but you got to put up twenty five to get five. Right. You know what I mean? Right. If they're with cops, maybe you can put up ten to get five. Well, got but you. You got to put up twice that many with stacks because they just they go off at any time. Yeah, yeah, they real finicky. Yeah, they they just like teenagers. They just like to say they don't want to cut the grass today. What do you do? You know, they kill him. So there you go. So there you go. That's exactly right. So Don, man, we've been covering some some great stuff, man, and and, and I'm going to kind of recap some stuff. You know, um, I'm pretty sure the guys are definitely going to relook at this interview. But you dropped a lot of jewels a day, man, and a lot of uh, you have answered a lot of questions uh, that that guys have been messaging me about. And um, you know, hey, listen, we interview, ask this, ask that, ask this, ask that. But I ain't gonna lie, man, I can't remember all this stuff to ask everybody and all that. I try my best. Come on, Jim. Come on. (laughs) (laughs) I I try my best. And, 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 you know, we got guys, just to let you know, we got guys watching from all over. You know, they, we got people that watch these interviews as far as Australia, the Philippines, Hawaii, all here throughout the United States. Guys if anybody from- in Hawaii or the Philippines wants, needs a daddy, <laughs> <laughs> wants to adopt the old man, uh, <laughs> I'm available. I come with references. I am house trained. I'm pretty good. <laughs> You know, it's guys watching from all over, man. And it's, you know, it's having these interviews. Um, first, I feel as though that I'm blessed because these interviews and before these interviews, I have established some extremely good relationships with cockers like yourself. And uh, and I know I'm, I feel as though and I know I'm blessed because I got access to a lot of information that a lot of guys um, who have been in the sport a lot longer than me don't have access to. 
I have access to people that a lot of guys, you know, a lot of people in the sport don't have access to. So I'm so, so grateful for that. So that's one of the reasons with these interviews, I try to maximize the information because a lot of cockers are just too busy. Right. You know, they can't give. It is. Yeah, they, they, they just is. too busy. And, and, and that's listen, the reason. And you've tried to get together several times, but when I was feeding roosters, I just didn't have time. That's right. Now, I, God set me apart for this season because I am writing that Cocker's Bible. That's right. So God set me apart for this season. And that's the reason I do have time. And, uh, you know, I was busy at the IPHC conference, and we tried to do it there, and it right. didn't work out. Right. I, I don't know how they put a cost of people would have felt coming out of the conference menu saying they're talking about roosters, but they would have got over it, I'm that sure. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, you know, Don, it's it's like I said, with these interviews, they, they're, they're, they're packed with knowledge. And it goes back to, like you say, you know, we have lost a lot of legends over the last 10 years. You know, I wasn't fortunate yeah. enough to meet a lot of them or, or some of any of them that has passed away. Um, so these interviews are extremely, extremely important. And a purpose of them is to do exactly what you were talking about. You know, it's so important to educate the next generation of game fowl breeders, because in Absolutely. my opinion, it's actually our responsibility. I don't actually even think it's a choice. I actually think it's, it's our responsibility. And this is why I say that. The reason why I say I think it's our responsibility, because we was gifted with a life experience that some of them will probably never, ever get to experience. And if we look back on a positive impact that these birds have had on our life, I think Absolutely. it's our responsibility to make sure another generation had that same opportunity. Don't you all, don't we all want our children to have a life just as good or better than, than a life that we live? So if Absolutely. you was blessed enough and you don't have to be spiritual or anything like that. If you were blessed enough to have these game fouls in your life, and we all know they have taken us through some tough times. We all know they keep us grounded. You know, we all, you know, we veer off here and there and that kind of stuff. We know that. But overall, we know this is a lifestyle. This is not a sport. This is a lifestyle. We give up having vacations. We get up going places and all that kind of stuff. So at the end of the day, it's a lifestyle that we choose, and it's a blessing. Absolutely. So I really think it's our responsibility to do everything that we can to make sure that this lifestyle is still here for the next generation. So the next generation can be blessed just like we were blessed. Because these animals, these birds are majestic animals, and they have a lot of lessons for to teach us. If you sit there and learn, especially if you get that bucket time, you know how many things you can learn just sitting there on that bucket and just watching those birds. But That's just think right. about this. Right. Imagine how many things you're not getting into because you back there sitting in that yard on that bucket. Look, look, you want to keep your kids off drugs, get them some game chickens. They won't have time or money. That's <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly that. That's that's exactly exactly right. So you know, um, with these interviews, man, you know it's it's been a blessing. I think not just to me, but to the sport, um, to the lifestyle, you know, to the culture, uh, because it's so important. Like you talked about that 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 game foul book that you're writing is extremely important for stuff like that to be. Uh, uh, written. You know, I showed I showed a couple weeks ago the journal that I carry around. You know, I always carry this journal. You know, I got one too. <laughs> see, that's what I'm talking about. So just imagine. Look, I, I've got a I've got a record. Uh, nobody ever find it, by the way. 
But I've got a record pretty much of every fight I've ever fought. See? I mean, of, of what I fought, what I was fighting, what they were fighting, how the fight went, whether I won or lost, what heels I used, because I want to be able to look back on those notes. You're no better than what your notes are. That's you know right. what I'm saying? I mean, ask them boys at NASCAR. They're supposed to be better the second time. Jim, this is the truth, and I was thinking about it today. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, have we run out of time? No, 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 no. Go ahead. We good. All right. I was thinking about it today. I've never been to a pit that I didn't go three times that I wouldn't get in the Never, ever, anywhere. You give me three tries at it, I'm going to get in there. See, I pride myself, and I'm telling you, I hate to say I pride work again, but I, 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 I'm proud of myself, the fact that I like to go to a man's yard and say, okay, what roosters have you got that's only winning 50%? I know you got these roosters over here that you don't want four derbies with the same cross. You don't need me to feed them. You know how to feed them. Right. But these over here that's winning 50%, I want to feed that show. Right. I'm saying now that child, I can do better. You know what I'm talking about? Now, if I can go win the derby with those roosters, right. then I've proven to you I'm a good fit. That's right. You know, that's what I want to do. I don't I don't want your best ones. Right. Give me the ones you can't win with. I right, let me try them. That's right. We can do. That's right. And what I'm doing more than anything is these young people or even some older people that had never won had a guy and he is he is an excellent heel man and and uh, I just got to talking to him. He's from the same state I am and he had never won a derby. And I felt so sorry for him. And not really sorry for him, but I felt for him. Right. Because that's tough. You know? right. And so anyway, I sent a I helped him. We just went through, we just went through a show. And he told me, he said, Don, he said, I went up there and I fought and I won six straight. He said, I didn't even have to put a rooster back. He said, they were talking about how juiced up they were. I said, Yeah, they weren't juiced up, was it, brother? Right. He said, I told that man that everything I fed these roosters, I bought out of the grocery store. He said, they called me a lie. See, I love that. Yes, I love it. Last time I last time I was in uh, up north and fought one of the one of the big time favorites stopped told me he said, Boy, I hope I don't meet you today. Well, that's a good compliment. That's right. And, I, and then he told me he said, You got them, you got them, you got them on that stuff just right. And I just smiled at him and go, Yeah, boy, they juiced up today. Right. It ain't <laughs> stuff. They just <laughs> like natural. Listen, uh, I really enjoyed it. The last show of Russians I fought was in seven o'clock. I met a boy that had won the guys. I think he's the only guy that won the Golden Rush. He had come from Mexico up there and had been up there a week. He wanted to bet me five grand on my first fight. And I looked at him. I never bought this race. I said, you stupid. I ain't bet five grand. <laughs> <laughs> I'll bet you 500, bub. I'm not betting five grand. I don't even somebody else's chicken. Right. But we turned them loose. And they said, this race was won five times. He ain't no be touched. Oh, God, here we go. And I was a big dog showing up. But the boy had been there. He's only golden roaster two years in a row, Mexico. Y'all, some of y'all may know. But I was fighting a gray cock, and that hatch cock flew and flew in the air, and he was humming like a hummingbird. And that gray looked up at him and just shot and knocked him straight out there. And it's the ground, and that hatch took him from from throat to sternum, from his sternum to his bent bones, and that gray never slowed down, and he won the fight. He's been bred from too. We checked that up, but he was an excellent roaster now. But he was also in good shape. Yes, you know right. what I mean? That was, he was in good health. Right. And that man gave me a good compliment after the fight. He said, I buy all those you got. I said, positive. <laughs> that's this what he said, huh? And so, but, and, and that's what you want. You want people to, 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 to respect you. Uh, I appreciate the fact that, number one, I ain't never got to back no roasters. I got people that are back. You know, I've earned that over the years. You know? 
And I appreciate that. Right. Uh, somebody's probably having it is, somebody be having it don't, but, right. but, but I've heard that over you. Right. And so anybody been doing anything as long as I have, and you're not good at it, then you're stupid. Okay? I hope I'm not stupid. Right. So, it's, I mean, I'm supposed to be good. I've been doing it 40 years. Surely I know what I'm doing, right. you know? It's, uh, uh, now, there's, now, that don't mean I can't go. I may go next year. I'm, I'm going to find a little farewell tour, and I may go next year, and they may beat my socks off. Right. I, I have been up yonder up north right. and then come on to these woods, and these boys wear my britches off. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> they don't care who I am up there. You know what I mean? They, we've been knowing you since nine, boy. You ain't nothing. <laughs> and the older boys down there, Flatwoods will take your money. Let me tell you something about it. <laughs> All right. It's a, uh, but Jim, it's a, uh, let me know when we're running out of time because I do want to say a prayer before we get off the air. Okay. okay. That's, Can you, that's, that okay with you? All right. That, I, that, 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 that makes sense. Yeah, that is fine. So, so Don, let's, let's, let's just recap a little bit of stuff. So we make sure we give these guys, these viewers, a big bang for their buck. I think they get a bang for okay. their buck anyway, because ain't nobody ever did no interviews like this anyway. But um, but let's go back, Don, you know, and I know we might be going closer to, to the beginning of the interview. But let's talk oh, about yeah. your your method or your concept of working a bird down back in the day. You said, yo, work them down. If you're going to do it, if, there was, if your mentor said it was a following Saturday, that Saturday prior to you work that bird down, and would you just let her rest throughout that next? Uh, uh, Absolutely. Week? Listen, not only do I, not only do I let them rest, but I I, I take all the uh, litter out of their pens. They get no litter. They get nothing but sand, as deep as sand as I can put them in. I want them to bathe. You know what I mean? Okay. A rooster tones himself by bathing. Okay. And he gets his soreness out by bathing. Okay. Uh, now and, and and then when you work that rooster down, now you're gonna have some lactic acid come around. Okay, mm -hmm. a lot of people want to get that liquid B15. It's great for it. You know, brown rice has that in it too. Okay, um, so that's why I feed brown rice. I don't give I don't I don't give injectors. You know what I'm talking right. about? The only pills I'm gonna give is worm pills. Right. Um, and the reason for that is I've tried all that stuff. Mm -hmm. Okay. Now I will say this. Back in the day. Mm -hmm. If you knew a man you had to face strict nine, he's hard will. Here's the problem about that now. Ain't no real strict nine. I didn't say nobody knew how to feed nuts bomber. Right. Okay? Right. You feed all nuts bomber because you want I will you'll touch your roast out by the tail. But man knew how to feed strict nine, they were tough. Yeah. It's uh but that but I haven't seen any real strict nine in twenty years. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. They just don't have it no more. It's not available. But it, and it was also rough on a roaster. You better have a lot of chickens because mm -hmm. you're gonna get about one fight out of them. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm talking about? Because it's gonna be rough on them. It is a poison, so it, it is gonna be rough on them. But the reason I feed natural is because if I can get that rooster sharp naturally, mm -hmm. if he's standing on his toes and popping his head or looking way out through yonder naturally, mm -hmm. I know I got him right. Mm -hmm. But I might give him something to make his head sharp, mm -hmm. and he'll fool me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know? uh, I can get drunk and feel good and 10 foot tall bulletproof, but I can't whoop nobody. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> I have to prove that. I have video to prove that. So that's proving down the doubt. So there we go. But it's, uh, uh, you can make your head feel good, but your body not be there. That's right. You know what I mean? That's and right. It's, and, and it's necessary that you get it all there. 
and 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 there's just little things like if you're gonna fight at night, take a hen with you. I always keep a hen in your cock house that the roosters know. You know what I'm talking about? You'll have a hen want to hang out there. Right. Bring them in. Let her stay there. Put in a strap pin in front of them. And that, that's Lord have mercy. When you got your wife, right. you love that. You that's know what right. I mean? The rooster right. feels the same way. It's uh, uh they are so intelligent, man. I'm so amazed at the intelligence that God gives them. They they see in color. Mm-hmm. People say to me, I know a rooster sees in color because you let the mate turn red and watch what happened out there in the garden. He'll eat it. He won't eat it when it's green. It turned red. He doesn't eat the tomato. See? So being in color. They can judge distance. You turn one loose on the yard and you walk in and get under a branch on a tree and look up at that branch and he'll walk back seven, eight times. Yep. And, yep. To out. and when he flies, he probably ain't going to miss. Yep, that's right. And if he do, he going to act like he did. He's going like to act like he meant to be. <laughs> <laughs> Lesson learned in it. That's uh, for sure. Uh, there are a few nuggets. To, to, there are a few nuggets to, to, that I'll try to share with you, Jim. But I do want to go back to my first key. Yeah, that's what I would have thought. Tell us about that first key. Okay. Now, you got to understand, my didn't grow up and raise in the cockfight family neither. My dad was a race car driver. Okay. So when we when I got fighting, right, by the way, that's my boss John McLean, the best boss in the country. That's a good. But uh, uh, let me talk about Rooster in his house, and he's a McLean at that. And I love Mr. McLean. That. But anyway, <laughs> I believe he might be kin to Tim. But anyway, we uh, uh, I ordered the key from W. T. Gibbons. Okay, the old on back page of the game called W. T. Gibbons. Five dollars, no stress caps and all that good stuff. Right. I ordered my key. Well, I get it. And it says to run your roosters. Hmm. What's that mean? And my no showed me nothing. Right. I got the little cock guys out there. I throwed him down running. I didn't run him all over the cock out. I didn't know what to do. Is it running five times? I said, that must mean five minutes. I didn't chase him five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> Look, my rooster was in shape. But my handler couldn't hardly get his hands on them. You know what I mean? They look, they look at both handlers and the referee. And that's, that's... You I said he was out there, huh? Yeah, I didn't know nothing, man. Right. I didn't know nothing. How old were you, Don? Uh, nine years old. Okay. Chasing chickens all over Gaga. Lord have mercy. It's, uh, but it, see, so I've come a long way, and I learned most of what I know by messing up. Right. It's like vitamin K. Now, man gave me some vitamin K pills talking about how great it was. Let me tell you what vitamin K pills do for you. They make your blood so thick that your rooster slows down. Okay? Roosters cannot move as fast on them. Plus, a rooster cannot get rid of vitamin K that's synthetic. You give it to him naturally. You give a rooster beef liver, you give him more vitamin K than you can with a vitamin K pill. You don't restrict him in any way. Right. That's right. Unless it gets hit hard, he will not die. That's right. Okay? It's a good shot. That's, that's, you got a good deal. He gets, he gets a throat. He gets a... Long rattle, they're going to throw it. Just give me that. Got you. It's, uh, it's the best stuff I've ever used. Um, there's natural alternatives to everything. Mm-hmm. The best antibiotic you can ever use is oligorectin. Say that again. The best antibiotic you will ever use for chicken is oligorectin, or for you as well. Uh, I live, I'm sitting here in the house with John and Tracy McLean. Tracy got cured of MRSA with oligorectin. Oligorectin, okay. huh? It is the strongest antibiotic known to mankind with zero side effects. Other than it just don't smell good. Okay? But uh, I, get, I had a rooster that I brought from up north down to Georgia. 
And when we introduced him to the flock, down there, a friend of mine, he had bought them. When I introduced him, about 200 roosters caught the rattles. Well, when you conditioning roosters, that's a problem. Right. You know what I mean? You, right. You've been, you brought something in. Right. So I knew what to do, and I give them all shots, and I just took about two weeks and just tried to get everything over it. Mm-hmm. But the one rooster, Big McLean Hatch, as a matter of fact, that really had it to start with, got nothing. I could do to him got it better. Mm-hmm. All the shots, all the powders, all that, nothing. I even tried Buck Hawes' old truck trick. He'd take termicin powder and run it about uh, two inches up in a straw, blow it down the mouth. He cure, I cured a lot of them that way. Cock out rattles, that'd cure. But these, this one rooster wouldn't get no better. Well, I called a vet in the Philippines, and he actually told me, he said, I'm sending you something. He sent it next day after. It got here. And then and I walked out to the, and the rooster's laying on the tackle and it stretched out. I thought he was dead. Right. But you can hear him rattling from 50 foot away. Right. So I got up there and I give him a dropper full of that, sent out an eyedropper. I give him about a half eyedropper full of that oregano oil. And he fell back on his haunches and <laughs> spit, spit, spit. Four hours later at lunch, I smarted that rooster and he didn't have a rattle. What? Four hours later. Big Josh should tell you because it was his roast. We sparred that roast in. That is the best. I do not, I will not. There's two things I'm going to have in my cock house a Bible and a regular one. I'm going to add them two things. It is the best. And, and listen, I live in Georgia where the commercial poultry industry, there's more poultry produced in Georgia than any place in the world, not in the United States, in the world. There are commercial poultry houses everywhere here. Now, the commercial poultry industry is trying to get ahead of the game. What they've done, the reason we can't get antibiotics anymore, I had a veterinarian tell me this, you know, they took all the antibiotics off the shelf. Right. The reason is, is because the commercial poultry houses were running them whether they need them or not, cycled them through. Right. They come to find out they're carcinogenic, okay? They're causing us cancer. So they're trying to get ahead of the game. All right, that's the reason. That's the reason. Had, that's the reason. Not only will they not sell them, but they went and took them all off the shelf. Wow! Right? It's a carcinogenic. But so you know what the poultry houses do now? They put time and oregano oil in their feed. That's time how they and oregano oil. That's right. Time and oregano. I've been doing it for you. Wow! That's, uh, so so so, so Don, where can we get where can we get that oregano oil? Just well, I'm going to tell you right now, Mr. Tracy McLean, when I moved in here, uh, I'm helping him build a bakery. Uh, God's given me a new set of skills. Uh, just for those of y'all who do not know, God has promised me before I die that I get to go to the Philippines and help the children of the tombs. I don't know if you know what that is, but if you don't, so Google it and find so out. Uh, Tracy McLean, this is oregano oil. Straight out of the garden. She's brewing it now. I have some. I'll take care of y'all. Wow. Okay. So she's uh she's got it going on. And like I say, it cured her of MRSA. Okay, so she that's why she loved it so much. Wow. Uh, we, it, we're making our own. So it's it, it'll be good and it'll be strong. It takes about a month to make, but if you make it right, but it's good stuff, man. That is good stuff. Amazing. I, I, don't think that, it, I had to abscess tooth last year. Right. My job flowed out to here. I put one drop of regno on it next morning, I had no tooth. Well, you, I think you turn every last one of us on to something new because I promise you, when we get off this interview, 
I'm only trying to figure out how I can buy it or make some oregano oil. Well, and you can make your own, and you can buy it. It's just sort of hard to find. But if you can find a health food store, not GNC or something like that, but some of these little local essential oils people or That's something, right. you can find it. You can find it. Wow. It's, a, it's good stuff, man. It really is. You got an earache or something, drop in there, gone. Oh, with you. Look, you see them throat worms in your roosters? Yeah. You know, they got that, they got that little hip, put that oregano oil down. It'll burn them worms straight out. Don't to worry about it. If you got somebody you don't like, give it to them on the tip of their tongue because it'll burn so bad they'll cry like a baby. So if you like them, you put it down in their pouch and don't burn. So, Don, so tell me something. <laughs> so tell me something. What's the best way to give it to a rooster? Do you do you do you uh, get it? But I get an eyedropper, okay? And what I do is I usually take all my roosters at the beginning of the kitchen. That's one of the things I give everybody a worm pill, and then I'll wait 10 days. He takes me four weeks to feed the roosters, but I'll give everybody a worm pill. I'll wait 10 days, I'll give them another. Okay. Mm -hmm. That takes care of the worms. And I usually when on that, I usually when I do that, that on that tenth day, I also give them about a half a eyedropper full of oregano oil. And that'll knock out pretty much anything that's in them that's, that's and it won't it, it kills the bad bacteria. And anything bacterial that will cure. Um anything not viral, but bacterial. Right. That's not a viral deal, but it's a bacterial cure. So anything bacterial, it will cure. Got you. Got you. Yeah, we know it ain't going to do nothing about them virals. That, you know, a lot of guys get that confused. They they get to treating viral stuff like it's a bacteria infection, and, and then they wonder why it ain't working. It ain't working because you're actually treating something that can't be treated. You know, it's not it's not a it's not a bacteria. It's a virus. So, you know, you can give them all that stuff all you want. You got to let that stuff run its cycle. And let me let me just talk about good bacteria and back to bad bad bacteria. Let me turn you on to something else. Everybody wants to give a roaster's yogurt. Uh, I got news for you. If you look at that yogurt, I don't care how much live bacteria it's got in it. If it's got sugar in it, you just next it out. It's of no use to you. Hmm. Get it. You just wasted your time. Get you some uh sauerkraut. Sauerkraut. Sauerkraut's got more good bacteria in it than anything else. And them roosters will love it. They'll eat it. They love it. Wow. That's that some good, good information. Bacteria. I love sauerkraut, too, just to be a, just for the record. <laughs> and, look, and look how young we look. I mean, I'm only 27. <laughs> hey, that's I love sauerkraut. But listen, Don, I mean, we, we, we still got more time, you know, um, because this ain't like this some ESPN where we got to chop it off, you know. <laughs> but but um, just want to kind of go back, and I keep going back because it's things, you know. As I know, we go along because we just haven't just having a conversation, you know. And I know some guys have been sending me some messages, and I'm trying not to reply to them as I see them coming in the screen. They coming in my screen like they coming to your screen also. Um, you talked about your keep, you know, your first keep you came. You know, you talked about the working working your birds uh, down and then letting them build build back up, and they build back up just through rest. Um, uh, no, no, no type of bedding. You can use any type of bedding in in, in in the pens. And you said that you like to use sand, right? Right. Was the sand really thick, like thin? You know, two three inches or what? what? It's, uh, I, yeah, I like to keep the sand. I like to keep it deep. I really do. I like the rest to be able to cover itself in it because that's how he bathes. Right. You know what I mean? That's, that's how he bathes, and it helps tone his body. Now, also, uh, 
that last week, them roosters get massaged three times a day. Mm-hmm. I rub them roosters. Look, I rub from the top of their head. Mm-hmm. I rub them to they just go to sleep in my hand. That's right. All the way down their neck muscles, all the way to the bottom of their feet and proper toes. Every day, three times a day. I'm just rubbing that rooster down and length, strengthening them, stretching them a little, you know, trying to get the soreness out of it. That's right. Rubbing that length to gas it out of it. So it's, uh, uh, and you want to increase your brown rice during that last week. I am a carbo load. I believe in carbo loading, and I'll tell you how I got to there. A friend of mine, I'm not, I'm not advocating this, uh, but I'm just telling you that a friend of mine, when they made dog fighting a felony, mm-hmm. he came to me in Georgia, and he asked me, he said, Don, I'm going to get in the rooster fight. He said, uh, can I buy some roosters from you? I said, why, sure. And I had some stags that I didn't care for, and I said, look, these are some that I don't think's up to par, okay? So what I'm going to do is I'm going to sell you these stags. You keep them to cops next year. I'll feed them for you. We'll fight them in a small derby somewhere. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, little do I know a month later, it's nine month old stags. A month later, I'm got Heflin, Alabama at Yellowleaf where the big boys play. And I'm out there with a show of my good cocks. And there he is with my stags. Well, they're his stags now. And I'm like, what are you doing? Mm-hmm. Are you ignorant? Right. I, I told you. And look, I wouldn't even bet on him. Right. He won the derby. But he carbo loaded. He taught me about carbo loading because he carbo loaded them bulldogs. And uh he wouldn't fight a bulldog for less than fifty thousand dollars and uh and and he carbo loaded. And they was the generous, prettiest little dogs. They, they wouldn't mean at all. But like our roosters, I think people dogs get a bum rap just like game roosters do. Yep. Euthanize our chickens, and my three-year-old grandson could pick up most of them, you know. Yep. But they're scared to touch them. Right. It's uh, makes me just might well get off that if I get hot. But anyway, <laughs> it's, uh, makes me think, man. It's it, but that's the uh, and and that's the essence of it. You know, I mean, that is the essence of it. It truly is. And another tip you need to know is you need to know, and it's hard, and that's one of the reasons I'm probably going to be traveling to some people's places and having problems, is you need to know how a rooster feels when it's ready. Mm-hmm. Now, if a, rooster, if a rooster is naturally active and active and ready to go and he's naturally walks the wire and on, on fight day, if he's that way, you've missed him. You missed him, huh? Yeah, he got to be different than what he normally is. Got okay? If so, why don't you just fight him off the coat? Gotcha. Froze up. Yeah. They're coming in at you. But it's a, but it's a, yeah. So if you've got a calm roaster, then you want him standing up on his toes and his head popping and him shivering. That's what you want. Because that's opposite what he is normally. You want that real excited, active roaster? You want him standing on his toes and real still and looking like he's looking way out through yonder somewhere. Okay. We passed you. You know what I mean? You right. want him looking at it. Most time his eyes are drawn to look together a little bit like that. Right. <laughs> <laughs> My mama said, don't do that. They'll stick like that. That's right. Your mama said the same thing. It's so, I mean, and they, they just got to be different than what they are normal. Because okay. if not, you've not hooked. You know what I mean? You'd right. be better off fighting. And Buck Hawes told me that if you can't win 50% in major competition fighting off the tire coils, get you some more brute fight. Got you. Get you some more brute chips. And that's, uh, and, and so that's how you need to determine whether you have good enough brute fight or not. You just ain't fighting straight off the coals. 
Take them to the dirt. See how you do. That's right. Tell me this, Don. Do you like fly fly? Uh, um, do you like pins versus tie cords, or do you use both? Here's what I use. I use run pins, fly pins, tie cords, scratch pins. I will not let a rooster get still. Okay, when I'm feeding roosters, if a rooster and, and see this is why that's what people have a hard time understanding is number one, if a guy brings me a show of roasters, number one, I got to have your feet. Mm -hmm. Okay. I can't feed. I don't feed my feet. I feed your feet. Mm -hmm. yeah. Now I'm going to carbo load it at the end with brown rice and popcorn, but I'm gonna, I need your feet. Right. Maybe, maybe a little garlic, but I need your feet because I can't change. I can't change what you've been feeding this whole life. Right. And expect him to adjust in a full week period. Right. And then for his life. That's, that's true. You can't do that. So, and then you'll have a lot better results just feeding his feet. But, People always tell me, they said, okay, here you go, I'm going to give you the short roosters and we won't fight on this date. And I said, well, I can't promise you that. Well, we'll fight them when they're ready. Hardest thing for a rooster fighter to do is him be ready and the rooster's not, you stay home. Right. When you learn how to stay home when them roosters ain't ready, and the only way you'll ever compete as a small-time breeder, raiser, roosters, you got small, the only way you're going to compete with them big boys is don't go till you ready. Gotcha. Okay? Now, they got a bunch. They may go whether they're ready or not because they got a bunch to spare. Right. But you will go to your ready. Tommy Harvey went by Lone Score back in the days of Tacoma and Woodville, uh, uh, Woodside, I'm sorry, Woodside, when they fought. But Tommy Harvey showed up. Now, Tommy didn't raise but about 50 roasters, maybe 35 to 50 roasters. Good bloodlines. Everybody knew him. He was a heel maker. He made the best spurs ever been made. Mm -hmm. He rode in the game cock on the Lone Score. He's a great man. Frank Harvey was his daddy. A lot of people got roasted from Frank. But when Tommy showed up, you knew one of two things. He was going to knock you out of the money or you was going to have to split your money with him. Right. But Tommy was getting in the money. Right. And you were going to go see Tommy about two times a year. Right. But Tommy was going to get in the money. Right. And everybody knew. And I went and talked to him one time. I said, Tommy, I said, why don't you feed more roasters? Man, you got 35 roasters. You can buy at least once a month. Right. He said, Don, I got shows up all the time. He said, that's just the two times they all got ready. Wow. He said, I stay home more than I go. Right. Right. He said, if one rooster don't act right, I pull them all out. You pull them all. He pull them all out, huh? Auto. But he went when he was ready. And when he went, he got paid. When he went, he got paid. He got paid. So, so tell me this, Don, that, that, that is somebody's action. Brandon's asking about, uh, he wants you to tell a derby story. I don't know what, what, what. Oh, Lord. Brandon Mathis. Yeah. Oh, gee, look, we can't talk like that because it might be one of the children watching. Okay, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I know he wants to tell. I ain't telling that story, bro. <laughs> well, listen, tell me this, Don. I don't know what that story is about, but tell me this. Do you think it, and I'm glad you brought that point up, like you said, small-time guys back in the day, in order for them to be competitive, they had to go when they ready. Tell me this, back in the day, could a working man have a chance against a lot of the big-timers who didn't work? Yeah, but he better have the right chickens. And I'm going to tell you what the right chickens were. Um, I'm going to be honest with y'all. There was a man named William Meadow that bred the Velcros. Okay, I found out a bunch of found out a lot about them, as you know, mm -hmm. over the last couple of years. Uh, they are very strange chicken. Okay, man, 
first show I fed, I was just plum lost. I'm a pretty good feeder. And I thought, look, the boss knew it. You know, you know the boss was. I was staying with him. He just laughed at me. He told me, I told you, man. Look, this way you got to feed these roaches. You got to feed them like you feed them in a normal key. Okay? Put them through your keep. It's like you're going to fight them. And then on the Saturday, you're supposed to find them. Don't fight them. Put them on tie cords. Leave them out there on tie cords. Feed them once a day, just like you done throw them out. And then take them the next weekend. What? Yes, sir. Yes, I'm telling you now. You got to know these chickens. <laughs> but, but you'll not whip them. Uh, this guy spent a hundred grand, as you know, over a hundred grand. I've seen the money orders, and he won 51 straight things. <laughs> he still got them chickens, and he's, he's they double tough. And but now they're the working man's chickens, what William met all called. He bred those roosters so that you could just pull them off the cord and go get it. Now the reason that is is because these roosters is fast, man. They are fast. And they don't waste no motion. And they are fast. I mean, they, you you're gonna have to live under a storm. You might whoop them, but you're gonna live through something. You're not coming out there unscathed, I promise. You. <laughs> uh, you're gonna get you cut. Them's a bad boy. Right. And uh so, so, yeah, I mean, you just have to, got to have the right kind of chickens. Now, I have some lace around heads that came from Billy Thompson out of Leeds, Alabama, and that's probably the best roundhead blood that I've ever seen. And they were that type of chickens. They kept their self ready. But with real hard keep one time and get him at fight weight right. and then keep him on a tie cord and keep him moved around the rest of the season. Right. I can tune him up in 10 days. You know what I mean? He'll stay about fight ready all the time. Once I get him at his fighting weight, I can tune him up in 10 days. Right. Because he'll stay right in good shape all the time. If I can spar him and he spars right and he don't break that bill, I can carbo load him and get him ready, especially for a knife fight. But, but, it's, uh, but once you knock that weight off of him, but the problem most people, and this is something that most people need to learn, you got to be careful what you feed your roosters. You got to be careful how much. Most people overfeed drastically. Mm -hmm. Okay, uh, I had I was feeding for a gentleman up in Kentucky. Fought a little old rooster at four three. He won three good fights that year. He was a good little old rooster, just uh, just a good average little rooster. But he cut good and he was a good rooster. But anyway, I went to fight him the following season. He brought him to me after he kept him over the summer. He weighed five four. Mm -hmm. Okay, I got to take a pound of weight off this chicken. Wow. Okay, it took me four months to get a pound of weight off. Got you. So you can't do that. You can't. That'd be like you. How much you weigh, Jim? About 175. Okay, that'd be like you blowing up to 300 pounds. Right. And then me, in six months, me getting you back down to 175. That's right. That's tough. Baby. That's tough. And you, you know what? You that, that'd be almost like you trying to cut 50, 60 pounds in, in, in six weeks. It can be done, but I promise you, you ain't going to be that healthy. Yeah. You ain't gonna be, gonna be a fight, Jake. Right. Yeah, you ain't, you ain't gonna be wanting to go against Floyd Mayweather. <laughs> That's and, right. You know, it's uh, it was tough, man. So it's but and a lot of people do that. They just they they love them to death, what I call it. Right. And that's why I told this guy's name, Tom. I said, Tom, you've loved this roast to death, man. Right. <laughs> so that's that's right. Nope. But then his definition, I starved them to death. You know what I'm saying? Right. And listen, my roosters do be hungry. I believe a hungry rooster is a good rooster. Okay. And that's the uh now I feed them what they'll eat and throw. I don't want them to have such stuff as now in the in the summertime when they're putting on feathers, they've got to have extra protein, they've got to have extra food. You know what I mean? I understand. That's that. right. But when them roosters is in fighting shape, I'm gonna keep that rooster as close to fighting weight as I can keep. I'm gonna keep him 
And, and, and another look, I'm, I'm telling you a whole lot. I ain't no name me right in the book. Here the book right here. No, 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 because I promise you right now. <laughs> hey, hey, these interviews, these interviews are going to compliment the book. That's what it's going to do. <laughs> this, uh, if my roasters don't drop four ounces last two days, I pretty much keep them at home. They should drop that last time. Hmm. And they should do it pretty much on their own. In other words, their guts. Here's what people don't understand about moisture in the roaster's guts. All right, number one, gut moisture and body moisture is two different things. Right. All right, I want to roast with body moisture. I want his legs limber and I want his legs dangling. Mm -hmm. Okay. Gut moisture, what, what, what reason dry cocks take a lot of cut is you take and you cut a dry roaster open and in his body cavity, his guts will be drawled up in a ball. Okay. Mm -hmm. So when that roaster's fur goes through his cavity, it's not hitting his guts. It's hitting nothing but air. Okay. That's why he's taking all that cutting. Wow. Where a loose roaster, his guts is laying in his body cavity. Right. And all he's got to do is get hit one time. He's sick. Okay? Because you don't hit him in the gut. That's right. So what you want to do is you want to draw that rooster up and keep your body moisture. Okay? So you're going to find that line. Where them guts is drawn up, you can take all that cutting, but your rooster still got moisture in his muscles. That's moisture in his muscles. That's right. That's right. You got to find that line. That's why just because you get him at a dime size don't mean you're right. You no, no, that, that, that's more. that's exactly right. But you know, it's almost like a human. Like they say, you know, when somebody say, "Oh, I, I, I lost ten pounds in two weeks," yeah, because you lost that moisture from your gut. You ain't lose that moisture from your muscle. I promise you, ain't lose no ten pounds of, of moisture from your muscle in no ten days. But but you're that's exactly right. right. That gut moisture is what is going to be the first thing to get on out of there. And if that rooster don't stop drinking, and listen, I never take water from a rooster, ever. Right. If that rooster, because that rooster knows more what he needs than you do. That's okay. Now, the, now, fight day, I'll take away. But if you're fighting, if you go to Derby and you fight and you and you and you win or, or what you lose, whatever you do, you do all the fighting and you lose. Right. Then you need to go in there and give your rooster some water. Okay. That's the quickest way to get some water into his muscles. And if you got about two hours before they call you again, you might be able to fight decently competitive. But uh, that's a problem today. If people fight, they say, oh, don't give me no water the last three days. Okay. Right, please do. Right. I'm going to say W. You know what I mean? That's, that's right. That's, right. It's, uh, that's, that's ridiculous. I, most people like their roasters. When, they, when, when I get my roasters bit and they drop out, most people say, oh, my God, what are you going to do? I'm gonna give them about an hour. That's <laughs> right. Don, I like my I like mine about a nickel size anyway, rather than a dime. I don't like to pull them that low. You don't like to pull them that low. About a nickel. Right where I like my moisture. Tell me this, Don. How do you determine on how that rooster's feeling? You know, how does a uh, you know back in the day, how did they kind of determine? a newbie getting in and, you know, he just started conditioning and all this and that and going through the whole phase and learning. How does he determine what that rooster weight should be or how he, if he's feeling right? Well, it, it ain't so much necessary what his weight is, is how he feels at that weight. Okay. And I don't know how to tell you that without putting him in your hands. Gotcha. You know what I mean? Gotcha. I would have a school of roosters that I had just put up. And then I would have a show that was in a week, a show that was in two weeks, and a show that I was fixing to fight. And every one of them would feel different. Right. And unless you got shows up like that, it's hard for you to understand. Got you. But each one of them, because their bodies are toning out, leaning out, and whatnot. You know what I'm saying? Right. So it's uh, and, and the way you get that corky feeling at the end that everybody likes 
Well, you get that corky feeling, it's by drawing that good up. Mm-hmm. That's what causes them to cork out. It's uh, when they feel leady, it's because their guts is laying in their body. Yeah. Gotcha. Home, you're not gonna win with him, okay? He's uh. So so tell me this, Don. So tell me this. That that's a very good point because those are definitely two terms that's always that was always used back in the day. Um, and that and 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 then say when they do have that lady feeling, but you need to draw draw up them guts. What 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 would you suggest that they do? You better if you're gonna do it quickly. Uh, uh, probably um, Quaker Oats is the best way I know to do it. Uh, instant Quaker Oats. Okay, that'll draw one up. That 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 draws the moisture out of one quicker than anything I've used. But now I could always see that last week I'm watching my roosters moisture anyway. Right. You know. That's right. So I ain't got to move it much. That's right. You know I'm, I'm gonna be close. And listen, very seldom do I feed a show of roosters where everybody's eating the same thing every day. Right. I mean, for us, whether I mean it may be the same ingredients, but this one's soaked and this one's boiled and this one's dry and this one's according to how he dropped out tonight. That's right. Especially that last week. Now, what I'm hoping is that last two feeds they're pretty close to the same. That's right. But they probably ain't gonna be. That's probably one or two in that. I got to be a little drier, and it may be because like them kelsos, they just get wet these. Right. You know, I mean, you just got you got some roosters that just bloodlines. You like I say, you got different bloodlines. You got to feed them all individually. If you do not feed them individually, when I first went to feeding for Mr. Casper, um, old Big Josh told me, he said, he called me, he said, boss, I think we finally found the feeder. He said, he's not fed. He said, I have six roosters. He's not fed now one of them the same. Because <laughs> <So I> <laughs> <laughs> hey, he knew you were paying attention to detail and you didn't have a one-size-fit-all approach. That's how you No, you can't. You can't. That's you right. can't, man. Not good. Look, and then we spoiled them the Saturday before we bought. They told me, he said, man, he said, I don't even think we'll go. I said, we're going to be fine, bro. He said, hang on, we're going to be just fine. That's we're right. That's right. That's right. Think we're going to win, man. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Don, man, I tell you, man, it's been awesome, man. This interview, we got to come on. I'm going to ask you like I ask everybody else. You know, every, every guest that I have come on, I always ask them to come on, you know, for a second interview. Uh, because you all know we can sit here and talk chicken for hours and days. Uh, but to, to tonight, uh, we start this thing back with a bang. As you can see in a con, I don't know if you can see the comments on your screen, but I can see. The I can see. I'm about to say they pop up and everything go blank. I had to move them out of the way. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, listen, man. A technology not- challenge, Jim. I'm telling you, my, my seven-year-old granddaughter has to do my phone, brother. <laughs> <laughs> hey, but we made it work. And, and the guys thought this interview was an awesome, awesome interview. Um, and, and, and I felt as though it was. It, it, you know, it happened when it was supposed to happen. We tried, you know, last mm. week it didn't happen. Mm. That was fine, but it happened this week. It started off with a bang. We then kept over 100 uh, viewers on at all times. You know, the, the viewership has stayed over 100, um, which, is, which is great. You have dropped an astronomical amount of jewels on them. Um, and I know a lot of guys are going to go back and watch this and watch this uh, interview over like they do a lot of the other interviews. Like I tell them, man, you know, watch these listen, interviews like going to school. Listen, listen, I learned something. There's not one beginner out there that won't teach me something. That's right. Every time I hear him, he'll teach me. That's right. It, not one that I've not learned something. From. That's right. Okay. That's, 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 uh, as soon as you think you know it all, you, them roosters will show you different. That, well, you got that right. They don't show you different. Somebody else is going to show you. you different. One or the other. is <laughs> either yours going to show you or somebody else is going to show you. But it's going to show you now. You're going to learn. 
But you know, like Look, I once say, a year, long, long as I competed once a season, and I would compete a lot during the season. But there'd be one derby during that season, I'd lose all. Right. Believe me, that's right. There's gonna be one. I may win eighty-five percent. There'd be one derby that stumped me, and I'd miss. That's right. That's right. That's and and, and every last miss. one of us, every last one of them, has been in that position. And and some is even worse than that. Some of them they done missed all the derbies almost, and might have only got one. Um, but you know, Don, it's it's been a pleasure, man. This has been a great interview. Okay, Learned a lot, man. Um, what I would like to do is is give you an opportunity. You know, you said something about you know you, you you're putting a book together. Give us a little information on that. And guys yep. watching, y'all can directly contact uh, Don Lester if if you're not on his friends list. You know, um, um, send him a message and, 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 and yeah. you know, a, a request. And I also tell you, just like with me, if you're not on my friends list and you send me a message, it doesn't show up in my regular message feed. So a lot of times I don't even know until three or four days later that somebody has sent me a message. Right. So right. it might be you might experience the same thing with Don. So it ain't mm -hmm. that he's not getting back with you is he might not even know that you have even sent him a message. Um, I'm in my seven year old secretary check. <laughs> well, have your granddaughter, man. Have your granddaughter check on check on that for you. And if Don later on today, over the next couple of days, if you can get inside these comments, which I know you haven't seen them, but a lot of guys I have will. a lot of questions in the comments. If you can take some time over the next couple of days to to get in the comment section and, and reply to that, that'd be great. And also yeah. to give them an opportunity to be able to reach you and talk about the book that you're writing. So go ahead and tell us yeah. a little bit about the book that you're writing. What? Yeah, it's very simple. It's uh, it's my life with game file. Uh, it does have my methods in it, my selection methods. It's, I'm trying to put all my knowledge onto it, and it's going to end up probably being 300 pages. Um, just the key parts probably going to be 30 pages because there's just so much different stuff you need to know mm -hmm. that I have to go back to. Mm -hmm. And I probably have it out in October, but I call it the Cocker's Bible. Okay, there's scripture in there based on it too, and there's things that. God's taught me through the game. Right. Pretty much. Right. right. That's pretty much what it is. My life and the things that God's taught me about myself and about roosters. That's right. And what the roosters have taught me about myself and my creator. That's right. Um, before we close, I would like to pray. Is it time for us to do that? I'm going to do one, one other thing. One other thing before Come we do that, because no, we definitely, without a doubt, we definitely can close this thing out with prayer because I can tell Thank you, you the massive uh, 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 battle that we're dealing, the task that's ahead of us, we need to dig deep, you know. We need to we need to look uh, yeah. for something and strive for something greater than it, than another human can give us. So no, we'll definitely do that. Right. But one thing I want to mention um, 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 to the viewers that's out there watching is um, I have been in contact. A lot of y'all guys know me being in Puerto Rico. I have been hand in hand with this with this battle. Y'all guys know about the farm bill. If y'all don't look into it, um, but. The uh, I have been in contact with some guys here in the stateside, um, and they put an organization together called the Oklahoma Game Foul Commission. Um, talking with those guys, uh, I think we really need to. If you have not liked their page, you need to go over to their page, um, and, Jim, and do, try do, to contact them. Does BL Cozad have anything to do with that? Uh, say that again. B.L. Cozad Jr., does he have anything to do with that? Folks can like him or not like him. I like him because he's done something. Right, 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 right. I don't, I don't know. I'll let. I'll kind of let them, you know, interact with the people and, and kind of give them some feedback. I don't want to really – Yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I don't know. really want to say nothing out of terms. 
Um, but I did want to, you know, I did want to let the viewers know that I, that I really think they should go over and like their page, Oklahoma Game Foul Commission. That right. Um, if, that if they can go on over to and like their page, I think it's a great group of guys. Um, I'm not going to get into any details of exactly what they're doing and all that. I'll let them do all that part. But I did want to okay. give them a shout out um, and, and let everybody know. Definitely, please take some time. Go over to their page. Like their page. Contact them. Ask them whatever questions you have for them. I can't answer the questions. Well, I'm not going to answer the questions. Let them answer whatever question that you have about okay. the organization. Um, and so That's I just kind of wanted to put that last thing in. And Don, like I said, before we get into prayer, I really appreciate you coming on tonight. The Thank interview you, has been awesome. Um, we think a lot alike about a lot of things, a lot of things. Um, you my brother from another mother, man. man. <laughs> <laughs> and all I'm trying to do is just give back because, like I say, it's a lot of um, – I've been blessed being able to have friends like yourself, a lot of other cockers that have access to a lot of people with a lot of information. And, uh, and, and, and these interviews give people the opportunity to have access to the same kind of information that I have access to. Um, and, and again, I mean, it's our responsibility. I don't think it's an option. I think it's our responsibility that we need to make sure that this path is still open for the next generation of game foul breeders because it has been such a blessing to us in many different ways, in many different ways. Um, also, too, um, yeah, also, too, I'm just reading some comments, Don. I'm sorry. I'm reading some comments and trying to address right, as, as much of stuff as I can. Um, but like I say, you know, it's our responsibility. It's guys that laid this path before us. You know, it's, it's everybody got their own opinion of how we ended up to where we at today. But again, I think we have the best teacher. And it's a reason why we're breeding game foul and not parakeets is because That's of right. reason. And we got to dig deep enough to find out what that reason is. I'm trying to do my part. I do not pass judgment on anybody else or what they do or do not do. I'm just trying to serve something greater than myself. However it impacts the culture, it does. Whatever little it, it difference it makes, that's a blessing. But uh, mm -hmm. that's kind of what I wanted to close out and say. I think I said pretty much uh, as much as I have said, you know, I need to say. Um, but, Don, let's go ahead and close this thing out with a prayer um, and right. hopefully to touch a lot of us. Look, that right there, Jim, says prayer request. I want y'all to know that I prayer walk every day. Okay. If anybody has a prayer request, please get that to me. I take it very seriously. I write it down. I pray over it. I have people at the church that will pray over it. I've got some prayer partners that when they pray, God's hands move. Right. So so uh, that's always available to you. That don't cost you a nickel. Right. And it may, it may change your life. I know it will. Change mine. But let us pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, I thank you for your goodness and mercy. And I thank you, Lord, for a brotherhood and the kinship that you put among us who love this noble bird that you created. Lord, I thank you for all the things that you've shown us through him, that you show us your goodness and your mercy. You throw us determination and courage and willpower. And, Lord, that you show us that we can do the impossible through these birds. And I praise you for that, Lord. And I pray that each and every individual listening, their family, I pray for divine protection around them. Lord, and I pray you give Jim Collins clarity of direction mm -hmm. and you give him wisdom liberally. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I love you, Jim. Amen. I love you too, brother. I greatly appreciate that, man. And I know everybody watching also greatly appreciate it. I will be talking to you soon, man. And like I say, hopefully I'll be, send I'll be seeing you soon. I will be doing a tour through the States. 
I'll be doing a lot of visits, and hopefully you will be one because you're a lot closer well, than you think. Maybe we can get together and go somewhere together. Sound good to me, brother. God bless you, man. I love you, man, and I'll talk to you soon. Guess, like I say, I hope y'all guys enjoyed the interview. Um, again, we're going to do it next Friday, 9 o'clock. Um, again, when I post up the event, make sure you put your questions in the comments section. So next time we have an interview, you know, we can ask the guests uh, uh, the question that you have. Um, but again, like I always close it out. Stay focused, stay positive, and we'll all stay blessed. Thank you very much, Mr. Don. You have a good night, brother. I'll talk to you soon. Thank you, Jim. Yes, sir. Bye-bye.